Count me down so I can talk about pickles again. It's a double Yoshi explosion. All right, Paolo. We're jumping in. It's a Contra Crusade podcast. I was going to rant about pickles, but we already did the pickle rant, so we're just going to move on with our lives, Nick. Just going to move on. I'm EJ Olson. This is Nick Durheim. We're coming at you live. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, do you have any proof of that? Well, I was going to say, it is in fact happening right now for the both of us, but apparently we have 600 milliseconds of lag, so maybe it's happening in the past with tape delay. I have no idea why our connection is that bad. You know, I think it's my router just needs to be reset because my Wi-Fi has been really shitty. I'm, I'm on a landline, but I think my router just needs to cool down for a bit. Rebooter. Take a little breather. Take a, take a siesta. A siesta, exactly. Nick, this is weird for us because we released an episode yesterday, and now we're, we are recording today. Way to peel back the curtain. People don't know what today is. All they know is that we post this on Wednesday every day. Every Wednesday day. Today is a Thursday. We're not talking news today because of our schedule that will be unfolding in the next couple days. We won't be able to record at our regular Monday. Monday, I got to go have a tooth ripped out of my face, Nick. I'd rather have a tooth ripped out of my face than a tooth ripped out of anywhere else in my body. Dude, my uncle literally had a tooth growing in his cheek and had to have surgery to remove it. One of those upside down teeth. Totally gnarly, man. I don't like that. No. I'm on antibiotics for the umpteenth time, literally like, I don't know, the seventh time in the last count in the calendar year um, and twice this month. And it's getting to the point now where the infection in the wisdom tooth is not going away, even on the antibiotics again. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a little insight into my world. And this is why we are recording early. And this is why we aren't talking news. The good news, however, is that I'm drinking kombucha. I never say that right. Pronounce kombucha. Yeah. I've never had kombucha before. This is really good. I don't like kombucha. I expected, knowing that this is like weird fermented mushroom nonsense. This is fermented tea. Yeah, it's fermented tea with some some other uh, uh, juice concentrates. Apple, pear, strawberry, limon. Yeah, it's got a little little kick to a little zing, a little carbonation, decent flavor. Um, so this pickles and yogurt, trying to replenish my gut bacteria, trying to center my microbiome. Isn't that like... Kind of uh, fighting an uphill battle while you're on antibiotics. I thought that was more like a recovery phase kind of thing. I could be wrong. I'm not a fucking doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, I I imagine it might be, but I think this can help me combat the the gastrointestinal distress that the antibiotics are causing me in in the meantime. And then I will just pound this shit once I'm done to try and restore. So I'm eating lots of pho every day and eat, chugging down that broth. And now, like I said, yogurt, kombucha, and uh, pickles to try and just keep things decent. Yeah, you're almost you're almost eating vegetables. That's funny. Hey, cucumber is almost a vegetable. And when you pickle it, I would argue it's more of a vegetable. There's more good stuff in a pickled cucumber nope. than a cucumber. <laughs> no, I think it just uh, re- replaces all of its nutritional value with uh, salt. <laughs> No, you're, you are getting a lot of sodium. That is true. But but you are uh, also getting a lot of good bacteria from the fermentation process. And I would argue that that's more beneficial than the amount of decent things you're getting in a cucumber. This may not stand for like broccoli. You know, pickle broccoli or cook broccoli. You're ruining it. You're ruining all the good stuff from it. But not with a cucumber, which is mostly water. It's like celery. There ain't nothing in there. Fuzz mostly water too. And salt. You're just drinking a lot of water and salt. Who's going to pass a stone first? You or your brother? Oh my God. I hadn't considered that fucking kidney stone, dude. Sounds awful. That would be just up your alley as far as health concerns. Oh my God, man. Like, oh boy, I can't wait to get this tooth removed and then the other tooth removed. (laughs) Oh my God. That's terrible. All right, Nick, we're just going to roll out of the talk of my misery and into the talk of something less miserable, which is... Video games. Believe it or not, guys, this is the video game podcast. This is what we talk about here. You wouldn't know by the way we introduced the podcast lately. Well, I think last week, what were we talking about? Zits or something? Something. I know we ended on spleens. That's that's all I remember. We opened and ended on spleens on the last episode. (laughs) Pretty good. It's pretty good. Nick. Technically. Technically. 2019. There are video games coming. We figure January... Though this will be posting in February, we are recording in January. This is the beginning of the year. 
We're gonna talk about what we wanna what we wanna see, what we know is coming, and what we're most excited about. You know, there's there's a ton of things coming that we know. So a couple of big things, like the next Gears game is maybe slated for 2019. Yeah, and stuff more imminently that are that are not really up our alley, like Anthem and The Division. Much much bigger titles. Uh, but yeah, I figure we just go here. We don't really have a format. Uh, let's just do, we'll start with you and then we'll kind of just go game by game. I think about half of our list here, there's going to be some cross pollination. I imagine. Yeah, probably. But I'm also a weird dude and I like games that you don't like. This is true. That's why I'm going to let you start. Give me, give me a, at a left field pick. I want something that I wouldn't expect. Why would you start me off like that? I've got everything ordered by chronological. Oh release. my God. Okay. 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 For like what we know is coming out. And I know I have at least one on here that you don't have. Probably Sekiro or something. Yeah, Sekiro. Shout out to that twice. <laughs> That's coming out the yeah. soonest for uh for my list. It's coming out March twenty second. It's That's, so uh, the next game from from Software, the makers of such fine games as the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne. And this doesn't really have the RPG elements of it. It's more of like a stealth based action game with some cool verticality because you're you've got this prosthetic left arm that you switch out different equipment. So you've got like, oh, I've got this flamethrower that I can make my attacks be fire-based, or I've got this grappling hook so I can shoot myself onto the roof and sneak up on enemies and do a cool little plunging strike on them, or all sorts of crap. I've got this axe that I can break shields with. Pretty stoked on that. That game looks pretty sick. Would you say that this is the Dark Souls of Samurai games? (laughs) (laughs) I wish they could see the look you're giving me. Like You're like, fuck you, dude. Now it's disappointment. Well, this has been the Console Crusade podcast. <laughs> oh, good bit. Good bit. Oh, I've taught you well. That's your favorite bit, so I, th- I figured I would turn it around on you for the first time. I usually cut that bit out just because you always guilt me into how, how bad it is. But I'm going to leave yours in because that was good. That was good. That was it. I've disappointed you. Nick, I got to admit, when this that little bit of gameplay first drop for this game, I was kind of interested because in my eyes, I was like, okay, you're taking the Souls formula, which is a really finely tuned action game, but you're just removing all the spoopy shit that really fucked me up with Dark Souls and Blood uh, uh, Bloodborne. Well, then I saw more gameplay and I was like, nope, still spoopy shit. Weird Graveman and zombie creatures with long hair it's very weird and I'm not, I'm not gonna play it now like I I want it I want to see if I can get hooked by the souls loop I want to give it a good honest try but when I'm fighting the the atmosphere of a game and the setting of a game it, I'm it's just it's a, it's futile you know or is it futile Japan oh, that is oh 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 <laughs> give me Mario Dark Souls I'd play that game that doesn't scare me. Just an aesthetic? Yes. Because there's another game on my honorable mentions that I want to keep an eye on that seems like it has similar uh, play style to Dark Souls. Maybe a little bit less, I don't know, intensive. But it's got a more... Uh, well, this probably wouldn't hook you in either, but it's got a more like anime vampire aesthetic. Vamp- See, vampires are so spoopy, even if they're cel-shaded. What if they're sexy vampires? What if they're horny vampires? Hey, vampires are all horny. Have you ever seen True Blood? Have you ever seen Interview with a Vampire? No. You ever seen uh, Twilight? Yeah. Nice. He's dude. Edward was super horny. He's all like, suck it. <laughs> Wrong vampire show. Dude, I watched the shit out of True Blood back in the day with my girlfriend and her dad. Like 10 years ago. Watching True Blood with your girlfriend. Cool. Watching True Blood with your girlfriend's dad. Not cool. Dude, Donald was a pimp, man. We'd watch like Say Yes to the Dress and like the OC and True Blood and shit. He was into it, man. This is weird watching a horny show with your your significant other's parent. No, it's not weird with Donald. It was weird watching, I think it was season two, ended with a gnarly sex scene. And Sarah and I were watching it with my dad alone at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, that oh was boy. weird. I got up, went to the kitchen and left poor Sarah there to deal with it herself because <laughs> it was... A very awkward. That's bad news. There was only one attractive person in that show, in my opinion. That was uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, dude. Oh, Eric, dude. Oh, yeah. He was, he was big pimp, and why is his brother so ugly? We're just weird looking. He's not ugly. He's just really weird looking. He's the guy that played the yeah, clown in It. Oh, yeah. He's very weird. He's like if you took Steve Buscemi. Yeah, and he mixed him with the guy who played the creature from uh, from uh, 
Shape of Water. What's that Ooh. actor's name? You know Ooh, yeah. About. Oh yeah. He. Oh yeah. I, I. No one knows his name, but he's 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 the creature and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Very creepy man. But anyway, horny vampires. I might be more interested than spoopy, creepy uh, samurai creatures. Yeah, anime Dark Souls. That's in my honor, honorable mentions. Code Vein. Okay. But what's uh, something you're looking forward to? So there are games that I'm interested in, especially because if we're looking at the list of announced games and if we're looking at the list of, hey, maybe 2019 games, this is going to be a really weak year. I just I just saw a tweet. Sony, after five years, has finally released everything they announced at that E3 in 2014. Which was a huge E3 for them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was everything. I mean, all the big things. God of War, Horizon, Spider-Man. Was it uh, 2014 or 2015 that they had like some of the weird like Final Fantasy VII remake and Shenmue Three? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Shenmue's coming out this year. Shenmue is uh, August. It's slated for August release. Calling it right now. It's not going to be any good. You don't think it is? If it's anything like Shenmue 1 and 2, no one's going to want to play that. Not you in the current it, year. It's so interesting to me because Shenmue 1 and 2 are so highly regarded and so well-remembered and have such a cult following I don't. I still don't know what those games do. I've seen the. I've watched cutscenes. One of the guys I follow pretty closely on YouTube and stuff. That's his favorite franchise of all time. I don't get it, man. And how that weird formula is going to translate to 2019? Eh, we'll see. I think it just it started some things, and never had the opportunity to follow through on them because Sega just moved on to being third party and they cut the budget on a lot of their games. Yeah, and a lot of what Shenmue did. Is kind of what the Yakuza series does now, except Yakuza is focused a little bit more on the combat. Shenmue started like the whole open world, day-night cycle, talking to everybody kind of thing that Grand Theft Auto made really popular. So it's got kind of a historical value, but I'm not sure people would actually want to play a Shenmue 3. I don't think those games even sold very well. It's like everyone talks about how Shenmue was great, but nobody had it. So there's not a lot of value in that. Couldn't have sold much. The first one was only on the Dreamcast. And then the second one got shoveled off. To Xbox. Yeah, last minute, sort of after the Dreamcast failed. And so that was a whole mess. It's coming out. The people I know who... I, I haven't heard anyone talk about it who's not excited for it. Right? So take that for what it what it is. Right. But one of the games I'm excited for... This is tough. What's something that you probably don't have on your list? Because my list is basically... Three first-party Nintendo titles, four first-party Nintendo titles, <laughs> and uh, a couple of like mild interests. Like I'm interested in Bloodstained. I want it. I want to see what that game is going to do and how it's going to do it. But same. I'm not. You know, after they had to bring in another developer, the final hour. I just I don't Dude, have yeah. hope. They did that twice. Ugh. But I mean, after after Curse of the Moon last year, that was a really good game. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the Ritual of the Night can kind of do the same thing. I've got that also in my honorable mentions. Okay. Because I just, we've seen it a lot, but we haven't seen anything new between like the first time we saw it and the last time we saw it. It's just like honing of the same idea. I want to feel it. I think that's right. a game that lives and dies by how it controls. A lot of the games of, the, of that ilk, that really is what dictates like how that game is remembered is how tight it controls. Because it's a genre that's been done to death. It's just an aesthetic that's not done very frequently, like the gothic right. kind of vibe. You would think that would be copied more, but I think the last like gothic game I played was Bloodborne. You'd think that'd be like one a year. I was really excited about this, like just uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, when they first released all of the artwork. Yeah, the key art was really cool. I never thought the actual in-game look was very no. like, appealing. It's like the weird 2.5D, but it's not high enough budget for it to like look actually very good. Yeah. The animations are really choppy and like, I don't know. There's a lot to it that I'm not like super excited about, but I think it would be worth it if it played extremely well. Anthem is actually on my list of games that I am, I was very interested in, you know, because I want a Destiny experience again. I, you know, Destiny is one of my fondest gaming memories uh, right? ever. And so look at it and say, all right, here's a little like Titanfall meets Destiny but your Iron Man I was very interested in that, but was very, you know, ha sort of reserved in my anticipation, knowing that oh, this is EA and who knows how this will play out. And first reactions are 
are mixed. The blood people saying, A, the, the, the controlling the suits feels really good, but the guns feel kind of anemic, but your powers are really cool. And that, but then, then there's like a microtransaction thing and just, yeah, kind of, kind of a mess. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I feel like Anthem's a game that's going to be pretty panned in the initial round of reviews, but in like 18 months, people are going to be like, oh my God, you, you really missed out on Anthem because it'll shape up to be something worth playing. Yeah, and that's kind of the trouble with trying to demo out a games of service game because it's not like you're getting the f- first like initial start to end game progression in that time. You've got this weird sort of, you start in the middle and you don't progress. So you're just basically demoing out the gameplay and the gameplay has always looked really good, but you need to have that that gameplay loop, that feedback of, hey, I'm progressing, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting this cool new gun, I'm trying out this new combo, I'm running around playing this game with my friends. Like That's what it really lives on right so i agree like anthem i am interested in but it's a game i would only get if at least two of my friends got it and i think that nobody's going to want to jump the gun and be the first one to get it and start that domino effect so i have a feeling none of us are getting it right which is a bummer because i had a i had a great time with monster hunter last year and that was a a game that i played primarily with like my friends pve and that's like the kind of multiplayer game i really like like it's fun you know me you and leaf jumping in playing splatoon and playing against some noobs, but I think it's because it's so easy and like low stakes that that's why I have a good time with it. But I don't really want to play Overwatch. I don't want to play like Call of Duty. Right. That's not my style, especially for a shooter. But for like a third person action game like Anthem, it's just fighting a bunch of mobs, shooting sponges. Yeah. Getting cool loot and dancing. Like, oh yeah, I'll do sure. that. Dude, I've been playing, Leaf and I have been getting together like twice a week. Just, I will play for half an hour. We'll, we'll bullshit, talk shit about the TSA. Or not, or or the U.S. government rather, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh it's been a good time. Just like hey, I can I can I just ate. Oh yeah, I can play for a few before I jump back to whatever I was working on. But yeah, Anthem that that was on my list, and it's kind of on my list. I'm more curious than than it's like highly anticipated, you know? Right, right. But that's kind of how I've got my list broken down to like these are the games that I know I'm going to be getting, and the games that I want to see reviews and like kind of think about a little bit more. Right. Well, what's what's next on your list? Well, since I had such a great time with Yoshi's Woolly World, I know I'm going to be getting Yoshi's Crafted World. I think that's a that's going to be a lot of fun to play co-op and just enjoy the the soft, gentle tunes and just relax. You know, just chill out. Not every platformer has to be Meat Boy or Celeste or something hardcore that you have to dedicate your your all your focus and attention on. Sometimes you just want to run around, throw some. So throw some eggs at a, at a shy guy. Collect a coin, you know? Hop on Poochie. Take a stroll. This is also on my list, Nick. But the more I think about it, the more I'm curious to know if I will actually find myself buying this uh, day and day, or if this is a, eh, it's a Black Friday purchase and I'll play it a little bit. But I don't know. Because, you know, I played yeah. I played the uh, Yoshi on Wii U. Um, played about half of it. Same. <laughs> Part of me really wanted to like it, and the other part of me felt like it was sort of a very empty, thankless task that I was putting myself through, because it was before the Switch came out, and I was like, I want to experience the Wii U to its fullest before the Switch comes out, because then I'll put my Wii U away and never play it again, and now I'm selling out half the games for it, because they're all on the Switch now. So I was kind of forcing myself to play it, and I do remember some of it fondly. I really like the aesthetic and the music, but I also really remember it being a chore. And so we'll see how it reviews. I'm curious to see how how that plays out. And maybe I'll I'll get it. Maybe I won't. But the more I've thought about it, the less excited I am about it. That's totally valid, especially if you were going through a Wii U catalog with like a a purpose. Right. For me, it was just like I I bought it on a whim and I played it on a weekend and I played it again another time and it was just like i played that game twice for like four hour periods and that was enough for me to be like yeah that was a a worthwhile purchase so i feel like i'm with you though it depends it depends on i mean buying a a video game is dependent on a lot of different factors if you're busy then you don't have time to play a game then you're not going to buy the game right away anyway or if you're if some indie comes out and i'm like stuck on that then i don't know if i'm going to spend 60 dollars on yoshi's crafted world but i know it's definitely a game that i want to get is that a is that a day one buy for you? Probably, 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 most likely. Are you gonna wait to see like proper reviews? Reviews will drop for that game a week before it comes out. That game's been done. So is that gonna work to its benefit, or is that gonna taint 
the experience for some people. I mean, that game was never going to be like a 10. I mean, that game's probably going to be like an 8 across the board, low, like high 7s, low 8s. Because it's like a, a kid's game. It's like Kirby, you know? No one's going to be like floored by how amazing Yoshi's Crafted World is. And I'm not looking to be floored by Yoshi's Crafted World. I'm looking to just have a good time. What What is stopping a platformer like that from being as great as a platformer like New Super Mario Bros.? Nintendo. <laughs> Fair, okay. That not exactly the answer I was looking for, but you're right. I mean, there hasn't been like a truly a truly great Yoshi game since the original Yoshi's Island. People even hated Yoshi's story, but I, li- I liked Yoshi's story a lot. But I was also a little kid when that came out. You know, I played that when I was seven or eight years old. The, the Yoshi games have been pretty much the same since Yoshi's story. Yeah, and that's like, that's fine. Just like the, the Kirby, Kirby games. games have been mostly the same. Yeah, it's just like, You've got a really slow movement speed. It's very forgiving in how you how you jump through the air. It's a very beginner focused kind of game where you don't have to be super knowledgeable in platforming and have like a high tolerance for starting over. Right? Because you don't really have to start over. You're just like, oh, I fell down the pit. And now I'm just back on the ledge I jumped off of. You know. And in the spirit of keeping with the first party Nintendo goodies, let's just eeny meeny mo. How do we do this? Let's go Fire Emblem again. My my anticipation was reserved, but not because I don't expect this to be a good game. I expect it to be good. The last several Fire Emblem games have reviewed very positively. But, and I mentioned this a few pods ago, Fire Emblem Awakening was such a great experience for me. I got so hooked on the loop, like min-maxing my characters. I got so invested in their individual story arcs. I got so invested in how I paired some of these characters up and really... Uh, obsessed with these characters and, and like got all weebooed. I don't know, man. I don't know how, how the, the kids are saying that, but um, it was, it's kind of embarrassing to look back on it and be like, I was like looking up character bios and all these, like just on the story side, getting all nerded out. Like, you know, well, if this, if this person's story plays out like this, then well, I want to canonically, I'd want to pair him with this kind of character. But then it's like the struggle of like min maxing, like, well, I can maximize the child's traits if I put this person with this trait and I breed it with this person. And so it was like the struggle of being invested in a, an anime freaking story, which I never am. And then trying to like just be the best at the game. And so that conflict made for a better experience too. Cause it was like, I'm invested in this. I love something. Yes. I feel again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like the best parts of breeding Pokemon mixed with like, weird fanfic shipping where you're like, but does my Charizard actually love this Dragonite? <laughs> That's exactly it. I got super into it, man. Yo, imagine if they did a Pokemon Conquest. Ooh, it was like ooh. Fire Emblem Awakening. I don't need I don't need the breeding and the petting, okay? Or the petting came later. That was in the next iteration. But I don't need the breeding. Pokemon Conquest, man, I would absolutely adore a sequel. I love that game. Pokemon Conquest was awesome. I wonder how well that game did. That was a DS game, right? Like 2010, something like yeah, that? Yeah. I don't know what year we had as a DS game. I played that a few years ago. Absolutely loved it. It was it was an interesting take on the turn-based strategy genre that I had never experienced. I know it's a spinoff of the Nobunaga's Ambition. Nobunaga's Ambition. That's so hard yeah, to yeah. say. <laughs> Nobunaga. Nobunaga. But, you know, so as far as Final Emblem goes, I, I didn't really play the last two. I bought them both, all the special editions for both, and I just... I played a little bit of Fates slash whatever else it was called. Yeah, it was Conquest, uh, Revelations, and Birthright. Birthright, Conquest, and Revelation. Okay. It was the three. Yeah, so didn't really get too far down that rabbit hole because, like I said before, it looked and, and, and smelled just like Fire Emblem Awakening, but it wasn't. All these new characters. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a improvement graphically. Like, they actually were able to make feet in this one. Right. But, like... But like beyond that, I think you're just so enamored with with uh, Awakening that you couldn't get into Fates. And for me, I'm interested in this next one. It's on my list of games I think I'll be getting. But I didn't get into Awakening. You you bought you bought me a copy. I played for maybe four or five hours. I think I got like the gist of it, and I just wasn't really into it. Uh, I don't know what it was. It just didn't strike me. It just wasn't at the right time and place. Yeah. I think for you, I think the biggest reason for you getting into Awakening was because you're at the perfect time and place for that kind of grindy turn-based RPG. Yeah. You're working at the paper. Like you were just like, you had so much time to dedicate to this little handheld and you got so invested, like you said, in those characters and that min-max and that loop. And I wonder if Fates missed you because you're just like not 
at the right time in your in your life for that kind of game anymore. And I am hoping that you can get into this next one, but I I wonder if you'll be able to with this one either. I'm really hoping because it's it's a, a mainline Switch title and it's from a franchise that I've historically adored. I've played several of the games in the franchise and I'm looking to recapture that Awakening magic. Dude, I want to put out Awakening on the Switch. God damn. Do it. Do it HD remake. Just give it to me again. It probably is really difficult upscaling all of those graphics for the Switch, you know, from a 3DS, all the little sprites. And uh, I'm sure it'd be tough, but I would love that. If anything, what they would do is just uh, redo all the scenarios in the Three Houses engine, depending on how different that ends up being from your standard three quarters view grid based combat kind of thing. Yeah. And it's doing all the cutscenes in the same sort of style. Just take the images and have the little text bubbles above them and the sound files. Like that was a fully voice acted game, wasn't it? Oh man, the like, cu- almost the, entirely voice acted. Yeah, and the cut the actual cutscenes were utterly gorgeous. And the 3D they were really good looking. That was one of the few times where the 3D really paid for itself. I mean, yeah. I remember getting so emotional. I won't I won't go into specifics, but there was a scene where a character meets their uh, mother or finds out that the character is their mother, you could say. I think it's actually the opposite. The mother finds out that this character is their daughter. Ooh. And, and the character reveals. Who she, so anyway, I was so emotional, man. Like, And this gorgeous cutscene, and the music is playing and the voice acting and a little sparkly and then the 3D is on and you're just like, this is, a, this is amazing. I remember sitting there in bed just like, not quite choked up, but like, felt it my face got tight and then it was that that climactic moment where they both shout out ether i fight for my friends i fight for my friends <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say that too his voice has <laughs> got progressively fucking worse in, in uh, the last few guy. games but well if uh intelligent systems isn't gonna make a good paper mario game they should at least give us a good goddamn fire emblem game you know i'm sure they want to make a, a good fucking paper mario game but nintendo's got their We've got our core uh, RPG series, Mario and Luigi. Fuck you. Eh, I blame Intelligent Systems as much as I blame Nintendo. At this point, no excuse. Just make a good game. Surprised that you didn't... I mean, you went through and decided you needed your, your Nintendo games, but you got Shovel Knight in your uh, in your uh, anticipated games? I do not, no. King of Cards? I don't. Showdown? No. But dude, it means Shovel Knight's over. You can finally buy that treasure trove physical... I have it on pre-order, buddy. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I know it. I've got it on pre-order. Get those three-pack Amiibos. Get that Plague Knight, Shuffle Knight, King Knight pack. You stop. I'm staying away from the Amiibos, okay? Nick, you sent me a how-to-pronounce kombucha. I don't need it from you. It's kombucha. I am my own man. You can't take that from me. Play it. Okay, I got to pull it up again. Guys, this is is live on the podcast. How to pronounce kombucha. Kombucha. You... Kombucha. Oh, okay. Kombucha. I'm waiting for the kombucha. Damn it! Kombucha. Nick, quit giving me that fucking look. I don't care. I'm over it. I'm over it. Anyway, King Knight, I think, will be a cool uh, campaign. It's got some card game elements in the interstitial kind of areas. I really like Spectre Knight a lot. Plague Knight was rough. Was not a big fan of that. But this... I hope it's good. Showdown will be interesting for like one time and then I'll never play it again. And then hopefully we'll hear from Yacht Club about what they're working on next because they've been making, like we said last week, they've been making Shovel Knight for the past five years. I think it's time for them to move on. No, I'm buying it physical again for the fifth time and I'll play through it and I might, you know, try to get over my Plague Knight experience and move on to the other ones. You know, they're as good as people say they are. Spectre Knight's really good. Spectre Knight's really good. All right. Little brother was playing it. He he quite enjoyed it. So, but no, that that was not on my list. Uh, what's the next Nintendo title on your list? Well, if I had to guess, what was coming out after Fire Emblem? I would think Animal Crossing makes more sense earlier in the year. But knowing Nintendo, they're probably gonna push it until like that's gonna be like their December release. This be like November. <sighs> That'd or something, be bad. Right? They gotta keep the keep the holiday window just for Pokemon. That's the yeah, move. That's true. That's true. You want to move fucking units is you have a mainline Pokemon game coming out before Christmas. You're going to sell 10 million units. They need to. Well, they could. It wouldn't be that bad if they just as long as it's 
two or three weeks away. I don't think it's that big of a deal. They just have to get it before Black Friday if they want to really, really get those sales. Because it's not a like Animal Crossing sold really well on 3DS is in like their top five or ten uh, sales in that system. But it's nothing like it's not Smash Bros. It's not Mario Kart. Like I can't hold a candle to Pokemon. Right. So it would make sense for them to try and keep that a, a decent distance away. But I feel like a lot of people that are buying Animal Crossing are also getting Pokemon anyway. So it's not like that big of an ask to put up both games a fairly close distance from each other. Yeah, that's a good point. If you did release them, although in something, this is something we don't, I think, take into consideration is there are a lot of people out there who just can't afford to buy two $60 games back to back. Well, guess what? How many of those people bought Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee? Like Pokemon fans are crazy. They're going to buy both versions of the next Pokemon game anyway. By releasing them so close in proximity, you're asking them to choose. Would you rather play Pokemon or play Animal Crossing? But there are also like evergreen titles that are going to keep selling until the next one comes out. That's true. At least in Pokemon's sake. Animal Crossing, I think, sold really well throughout the lifespan of the 3DS. Yeah. Especially with like updates and like the Amiibo Festival thing where they just added like a whole new kind of location to the game. And I feel like Nintendo, they've been really pushing their services aspect with the online that I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they're going to do similar stuff with Animal Crossing where it's like, hey, here's a weekend event every few weeks or something. Your apples are worth twice as much. Go to the market and sell your wares and get a cool doodad in the mail. God, I just love, I love Animal Crossing and I really hope they just build on the new leaf formula and don't try to introduce anything that's going to rock the boat too much but i just want to see it i want to hear it i want to look at it and i want to buy it and play it <laughs> you, just, you said it dude you in said that it. order <laughs> you said it hey man i'm looking for new leaf with slightly better graphics and a couple of quality of life improvements i want bigger pockets i want some ui improvements yeah, inventory management has yeah. always been kind of rough yeah it's so gotten better with each game though it has but they could do a lot 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 better there are a lot of things that I want them to do better, but I also I like when there's things that people can like rally around that they don't like. That's not that big of a deal. Like I follow a uh, Animal Crossing, not really meme page, but it's like they just post a lot of Animal Crossing related content. And like every other day, they'll just post the meme shot of SpongeBob peeling apart like the walls and showing just a bunch of fish that he has stored in the walls. It's like Animal Crossing. It's like that's what you do. Is you gotta if you buy if you have a bunch of stuff and your pockets are full, then you got to go put it in your weird chest in your house, and hopefully you can get to it later if you really need it. Right. It's like, that kind of stuff's funny and not that big of a deal. But, I mean, you're right. They need to improve some stuff, clearly. Like, I'd like to have a better time going to my friends' villages and uh, having better interactions with other people. 100%. I'm hoping that's a spring release, like an early spring. No, no, we haven't even seen it. That's what we I, got, I know. We had I Tom know. Nook sitting at a computer. I know. Last what September? I know. So when they like, actually they talked about it. But this is also a thing where they could come out with a direct next week, open the floodgates, and then three months it's here. They're not putting out Animal Crossing before Fire Emblem. Do we have a uh, release window for Fire Emblem, or is it just 2019? Spring. Oh, Fire Emblem Spring. Okay. So I'm thinking either May or June for Fire Emblem. That's not Animal spring? Crossing. Ideally. Yeah, technically it's spring. Spring's till June 22nd. That's oh, when summer starts. My God. Yeah, buddy. That's so fucked yeah, up, buddy. dude. Spring yeah, is in wild. June. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Luigi's Mansion, I would think that's like a September game. That seems like an early September game. Then they really push it in October because October is the scariest month of the year. Very spoopy. And then Pokemon's probably November. So that leaves, uh, you know, October to or December for Animal Crossing, I think. So they like to have like a month dedicated to their their big tentpole releases. Right. And they can rely on some of like the third party stuff for uh, other months. They're going to have to. But they've got really big tentpoles this year. Is Weege's Ma- Mansion on your list? Oh, yeah. Is it? Let's talk about that because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, you literally are Luigi, bro. <laughs> Uh, it, it's not on my list, but it's on my like notable releases for the year. I just never played a, a, or a, a Luigi's Mansion game ever. Dude, the first one was really good. Dark Moon was really different, but also fun because the first Luigi's Mansion, you're just walking around. It's not open world, but you're walking around this mansion. 
and you kind of do it at your own pace, kind of just go into rooms. So I got to find the key. So I got to go to this other room, solve a puzzle, catch a couple of ghosts. But Dark Moon was mission based and there were like different mansions. So I think there was more game in Dark Moon, but it was it was separated out and you could like replay missions to try and get better times or get more coins or do challenges, that kind of stuff. So it was a, it was a little better suited for 3DS. And I think with this one, they're going back to the play style of the first one where you just here you are in this giant hotel go. And I'm wondering if there's going to be any multiplayer to it because we've seen that it seems like they went to this hotel. Luigi came there with like Mario, Peach and Toad. And then they got kidnapped or something because you see their portraits hanging up above in the main lobby and they're crossed out very spookily. Their their luggage is dispersed across the floor. So there could easily be some multiplayer aspects to it. That's probably not going to be how I want to play. But just the the concept of this hotel, the different like areas in the building, it seems like there's like a conservatory, there's like a astronomy, like a stargazing telescope thing. So I think they're going to have some really cool distinct areas, which the first one kind of lacked. Like there were rooms that were specifically to these each boss ghosts. Like there's this bodybuilder guy and there's a, you know, a bench press rack and like a elliptical and all this kind of stuff in that room. But it was all the same like mansion aesthetic. And I think this one, they can really distinguish between those areas. And I think that'll be really cool. And yeah, I just loved Luigi's Mansion 1. So I'm happy for a return to form and I'm glad that they're giving our boy Luigi some more love. I feel like that's a game that I'll end up picking up at some point just because it's going to be a major release and it's going to be talked about and it's like, okay, it's Nintendo and that's all, all I'm going to have from Nintendo in this window. So, right. You know, it's, yeah, and I think it also depends on, like I said earlier, but what is around, what's coming out around that time and what you're playing around that time. If you got like a, a, a blank spot, in your slate. Right. I, I was on a good run over the holidays, man. I was playing games left and right and it felt really good. And then back to reality, I'm just working all day, every day and running, you know, I, you had a lot of free time. I have, I mean, I, I'm going to Vegas in February and that's going to be fun, but I don't consider those days off because I'm traveling and on my feet and doing things. And it's like, it's that's fair for me. A day off is doing nothing in my underwear at home. And that's how I recharge. Vegas is going to drain me. And then I get straight back from vegas it's right back to work with no 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 days in between you need a vacation after that vacation well no shit like honestly what i've learned in in requesting days off this year is i need a buffer day from the day i'm supposed to get back from whatever i'm doing whether it's for work or play like i got a beach trip coming up this year i took the day af- day off after the beach trip so i can come home do my laundry sit on my ass and just have a day where it's like all right i'm not with people i'm not doing anything i'll work tomorrow i learned the hard way man i had no buffer day after hawaii bro you want to talk about jet lag after a fucking a week of drinking on the beach? Buddy, that was a bad idea. No buffer. Poor guy. <laughs> oh, buddy. But but anyway, um, I just haven't really had time to play anything lately. And other than you know, a little bit of Splatoon, a little bit of Mario Kart late at night with the guys. So I look at some of these games. I'm like, well, I'll pick up Ouija's Mansion because there won't be anything else to play. I'm like, well, I probably won't play anything between Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. I will probably won't play a goddamn thing in those five or six months. It's very possible. The last, on my list anyway, the last first-party Nintendo game is Pokemon. Of course, we're going to talk about Pokemon. But I got to tell you, Nick, my excitement for this game has been reduced almost to zero because of Pokemon Let's Go, which was such a wonderful experience. And after all my skepticism, uh, you kind of talked me into like being okay with the changes, and then I played it, and I was just in love. I was blown away. So much of the things that they implemented with the new catch system and some of the like the back end and like you know doing catch rates and how you game the RNG like dude it's just like it's way more complicated than you you would have ever guessed based on what they showed us and I just got so sucked into the loop and you know being in Kanto helped and everything but I'm like I don't think I could go back to a regular Pokemon game. And I'm afraid that the next game is going to go back to, and they're going to be resting on their laurels. And it's just going to be like every new Pokemon game, Nick, XY, uh, the remakes, Sun, Moon, whatever. It was like, I've done this before. And then Sun, Moon, they tried to change a few things. And it was like, uh, were those the things you should have changed just to be different and new? <laughs> I don't know. 
Right. I would really prefer my <laughs> formula now. But then they did Let's Go, and I thought it was the perfect evolution of something that we've had and and come to complain about. Despite like okay, I'm, evolution, nice, boom. So so I'm 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 more worried about the new Pokemon game, especially after the uh, the series director came out and talking about how difficult it was to develop for the Switch, and they didn't anticipate all these things that happened in development. I'm like, okay, give this to a real team who knows how to develop in the current year, please. But it's Pokemon, and I'm going to buy it day one, and I'm going to give it the old college try, and I'm really, I'm still hoping, my fingers are crossed, that they took some stuff from Let's Go, but if I look at the development cycle in my head here, there's no way that they looked at the response from Let's Go and said, all right, now let's implement these things in our game. I don't think that's possible. No, yeah, that's definitely uh, two different teams working on those games. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the 2019 Pokemon has been in development since they started development on Let's Go. It's just that Let's Go is such a small scope game that has finished it sooner. Yeah, and things like Pokemon in the overworld. I'm sure Nintendo didn't realize, like, they're like, uh, how are people going to respond to this? But also, it doesn't matter how they respond, because if they love it, that's for the Let's Go series. That's its own thing. And they'll take that sort of hard stance. We're like, well, we want to keep our traditional Pokemon line traditional, you know? Yeah, they'll paper Mario it. Right. And then even though fans are like, please God, like you did so much right, do this going forward. Yeah. But also at the same time, I think Masuda, this being like Masuda's last game that he's directly responsible for or directing, I guess, I think that gives uh, the Pokemon company and Game Freak an opportunity to kind of shift it up and change things a little bit more. But that also could just be, hey, we got a new guy. We have to be as traditional as possible. So. Right. Who the fuck knows? But it, that's why Pokemon's not even on my anticipated games. It's on my honorable mentions. Really? Because we know nothing about it. Right. The interview didn't really shed any light on it. It'll make maybe some sense once the game actually comes out. Yeah. But until then, it's just like a translated interview, which is hard enough to glean information from to begin with. He's just talking about, oh, we had some trouble with Let's Go. What does that even mean? Right? We don't know what that means. Right. But... We're going to see that game probably the like two weeks before E3. We'll see more at E3. And then we can maybe start passing judgment and like deciding whether or not we're looking forward to it or how much you're, you extremely just rebel against it and just revile it, which I know is going to happen because I know you. Give it a few months and we'll see. June is just right, right around the corner. Do you think this is going to be a return to somewhere familiar or a wholly new region, wholly new Pokemon? It'll be a new region. It'll probably feel like X and Y. That's my guess. I just don't know how much of that I need in my life. You know? I'll play. It's Pokemon. Everyone I know will buy it. So we're going to play. We're going to trade. We're going to battle. But I just... I liked X and Y. So did I. Yeah, I beat those games. I enjoyed them. I just wonder because if I think about Sun and Moon, the biggest draws for Sun and Moon were uh, a more fleshed out story yeah. from X and Y. X and Y kind of dabbled in that, like trying to get more cinematic with their storytelling. And... It was just a really dumb and weird story. Yeah, Sun and Moon had a yeah. better story, but it was still kind of meandery. But it was a lot more like a, a game that came out in the past 15 years. And I think they'll probably improve upon that. But the thing I loved the most about X and Y is that there's so many Pokemon. Like you go to the first gym and you already have like 30 different Pokemon that you've encountered and have the opportunity to catch. And you have like a unique party right from the get go. And that was really cool and amazing. And I hope that they can do something similar with the way they pace out the Pokemon encounters in this upcoming game. And as much as I like catching my old mainstays, I kind of want to not have that opportunity until the post game again. I like when you just like, okay, this is this game's Rattata. Let's see what this game's Pidgey is. Let's see what this game's Bellsprout is and like see what they have to offer. I want to be open to that new experience as opposed to be like, nah, this isn't my hoot hoot. I need a different bird. You know, like, who cares? You're not going to use that freaking knocked out on your party anyway. If you do, I mean, sure, that's great, but you're weird. It's I don't completely know. unnecessary. I want to I be open to changes that they make, and hopefully they don't do anything too egregious, which I don't think they will. I Like, looking back on their previous games, it's not like anything's been really outstandingly bad. You talk about black and white, but even then, it was like, it was just kind of mediocre. If you were just sick of platinum that you were just playing then yeah sure you're gonna kind of bounce off of black and white a little bit harder and maybe black and white too fix the problems you had with black and white but eh, who really cares it's pokemon yeah and that's something that you know our, our buddy max brought up he kept complaining about oh this is baby's first rpg yeah it's fucking pokemon man that's that's 
what it is, and it's only gotten easier over the years. And Let's Go was the easiest of them all. Yeah, it has to it has to be easier because they keep adding more elements to it. Yeah, that kind of complicate things. So it's like they're making it more complicated, but also making it easier each time. That was the nice thing about Let's Go is like you don't have any held items, you don't have any what uh, abilities, you just have natures and like attacks. And you battle a lot less, so it's not like you're getting sick of battles. It's like, oh, the battles are what I'm doing as trainers. That was a really cool thing. I don't think they're going to do that in the next Pokemon game. They're still going to be battling wild Pokemon, but I would love if they took, like you said, the visible on the over- overworld. I think that'd be nice, having the choice to be like, I want to fight this thing. I want to catch this thing. I don't know if they'll if they'll implement that. I feel like that's, like that's a thing that they'll learn from and apply to the next game. Just because I don't, I don't think this is going to be like an over-the-shoulder freely controlling camera in this next game either. I think it's going to still be that to that three quarters perspective, typical Pokemon experience. You might be able to like rotate the camera around, but I don't think it'd be like over the shoulder, you know, like traditional. No, it's not going to be the Skyrim of Pokemon games. It's not nah, going to be the okay. Watch of Pokemon games. Oh my goodness. So is that pretty much, that's pretty much it for your, your picks. I got one more on my list. All right. Let me tell you about, uh, me being stoked for Crash Team Racing. You son of a bitch, you. Another, I knew that was probably the one. That's the one. <laughs> that's the Nailed one. That's, that's the last one. <laughs> hey. Dude, yeah. You've said it time and time again. CTR is like the, the best kart racer that isn't Mario Kart. Yeah. I would like to try that out. I've never played it. Looks good. I don't remember specifics about this game, but I remember playing it on multiple occasions. And I, I might have some like cross-pollination with like Crash Nitro Kart on PS2. Do you remember, Nick, I think you and I saw the same, we both saw a counselor in elementary school, Barb. Did you see her as, as, yeah. as a young man? She, she had, she had a kid our age. Yeah. I was friends with the Bryce. Yeah. And so they had, she had a practice that she operated out of her home. And so I remember always going over there and while I waited for her to finish up with whoever she was with, I would sit in their game room. And I remember very distinctly going over and playing. It was either CTR or, or Nitro Car. I don't remember which one. It was on a PS2, but I feel like I, it was CTR. And I remember just having a blast with it. And again, I don't remember specifics. I don't remember specific mechanics or maps. Or I just remember it being a really fun Mario Kart game. And as I would have put it back then. So that makes me think of being in what third grade and going to see a counselor and <laughs> that whole thing as a troubled youth. But I don't think PST was out by the time you were in third grade. <sighs> what would happen in third grade? I would have been eight years old. So it was 2000, 2001. When did the PS2 come out? 2000. Hmm. Maybe third grade is when I started seeing her. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the, 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 the point is, is, is irrelevant there. The details, but but the game is very highly regarded, and I absolutely think that there is room in the game space for a Mario Kart game. Like, Mario Kart has the yeah. entire market cornered, and Mario Kart has a lot of issues with it, things that I wish they would do differently or do better. Like, please, Crash, come on in. Give us something different, but equally as fun that all of our friends are going to buy, and we're going to play together just like Mario Kart. And Mario Kart keeps selling. It was in the top 20 for best-selling games of 2018. It's insane. I mean, it's a great game. Mario Kart 8 is fucking great. I think Mario Kart 8 outsold Battlefield 5 last year. Mario Kart 8 came out in 2015. <sighs> well, 2017. Wow. Deluxe came out in 2017. Yeah. But still, it's crazy to think about. I don't think the track is the same uh, sales total. I could be wrong. No, they're not. But it just like... But for the year of 2018, I don't think anyone bought Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No, no, I'm just saying though, they got a game that came out that long ago. It's like Grand Theft Auto 5 outsold Mario Kart 8. Well, GTA 5's fucking monolithic, dude. That's a complete outlier. It is it is just a just a beefy boy. Ooh, LaCroix boy in the house. What's up? My guy. What's up, boy? You got some 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 pepino. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, Mure Pepino, it's the blackberry cucumber. Oh, it's yeah. good stuff. It's good stuff. CTR, that's a day one buy for me, bro. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll be I'll be wanting to get it. Yeah. I've got more games on my ex, uh, anticipated and then a bunch of honorable mentions. All right, give them to me. So, Damon X Machina is a game they showed at E3 last year. Yeah. 
And it was like, this is a really cool looking game. This is a really sick aesthetic. And then the more they've shown it, the more I've been like, this gameplay loop seems pretty nice. It seems like a cool little mech game, little action game. You get on foot stuff. You got in suit stuff. You're interacting with the environment. You can destroy buildings and use parts of the buildings as an impromptu weapon temporarily. It's PVE. It's like co-op. Big fan of all those things. If the loop is nice, if it reviews pretty well, I'll be super stoked on it. If it reviews kind of mediocrely, I still might try and get it. I might try and convince some of you guys to get it and just be like, yo, let's fuck up some mechs. Let's shoot some blasters. It's got some very notable uh, people behind the Armored Core series that people are so stoked about, never played. And then it's got character designers from Fire Emblem for the actual like human pilots. And it seems like there's a, you know goofy little anime tropey the moon has landed on the earth and there are mechs that we have to fight the other mechs and the you know that kind of story so whatever about that i'm never really into video game stories anyway no but it seems like a cool little uh action game um sort of reminds me of oh gosh what's that game called visually it kind of reminded me of like well just the graphic style was kind of like killer seven or like uh some of those old suda games it reminds me of like a like a grown up Gotcha Force. Did you ever play Gotcha Force yeah. on the GameCube? I remember it. I never really played it. Yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed Gotcha Force. Uh, and I was playing it just this last year with a buddy. And wasn't that like a you pl- you played as like toy mechs in like a bedroom or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. But it's it's kind of got this loop. And some of the new Gundam games kind of look like it's got the same loop. It's just right. Gundam instead of these little toy mechs. Um, yeah, one of my first posts ever on Reddit was actually about Gotcha Force. I was like, oh, I played Gotcha Force for the first time, and I would love a game like this on the Switch. Damon X Machina has given me those vibes. With sort of arcade uh you can customize your mechs and, and your loadouts, essentially. Yeah, bro. Get that loot loop going. Get that, get that Destiny Monster Hunter Fantasy Star Online loop going. Honestly, man, this is a game that if this reviews well, I'd pick up with you for sure. I could see it coming out summer because on that list of uh, Nintendo games, because it's not, I don't think Nintendo's publishing. I know it's being made by Marvelous, but I don't know who's publishing. So, but they listed it as a 2019 still not like spring. So probably be summer. I would hope. I'm hoping it's actually coming out this year. That'd be great. Yeah. Also on my list, I've got Psychonauts 2. Yeah. I've been like lukewarm, not lukewarm. I have been like, I haven't let myself get excited about it. I really like Psychonauts 1. This game's been in development for a long time. It was like a crowdfunded sort of thing. I don't know what the scope of it is, what differentiates it from the first one, what is similar to the first one. Because we haven't seen like, we've seen gameplay, but just in short snippets and like sizzle reels. So I don't know what the, I, I want to see extended gameplay. I want to see someone play this game for 10 or 15 minutes before I really get excited about it. But it's supposed to be this year. And their publisher has gone through huge troubles because they're being published by Starbreeze. And that's the company, the Swedish company that just had like their CEO got kicked out by their board. They had this, uh, this they got raided by the police because someone was insider trading there. Their last game they put out was Overkill's The Walking Dead, which flopped so hard that the console versions got canceled. Jesus like, Christ. They're in some trouble. Yeah. So Psychonauts, though, is it's from Double Fine, and they have a very storied history. So they wouldn't have a lot of trouble picking up a different publisher, but that's still like, I wonder how that would affect their their uh, release pipeline. Is that, the, uh, is that the last little bit on your list there? You got, you got some more goodies for me. I got one more. Okay. It's not confirmed to come out in the West. It's not confirmed to come out on Switch, though I would want it to, because it's predecessor I played on Switch. And that's Ease 9 Monstrum mm. Nox, which is an awful little <laughs> post title or whatever you call that. Monstrum Nox? Come on, dude. But the last game, Ease 8, was really great. It wasn't ideal on Switch. There was some trouble with it um, running on handheld. It would do the adaptive resolution, and it got pretty blurry. Oof. But I played that game primarily on, on uh, TV mode, so... This is a game I wouldn't be opposed to playing on PS4 if they straight up said that they wouldn't be putting it on Switch, but I really liked the last game. Had a really satisfying uh, combat loop, and the story was kind of cheesy and fun and just kind of hokey, but it was like a nice kind of hokey. 
and I would really like to go back to that that gameplay style and the music is so fantastic. I loved the music in Ease 8 to the point where I've actually listened to some of the soundtracks from the previous games and there's like really ba- like good bangers from like one till now. Right. Like that's a game that's been coming out on like Japanese PC since like the 80s. So, a lot of fun. I would, we've just only seen like some screenshots of like key art for Ease 9 and just a tentative 2019 for probably a Japanese release. I don't know how long it takes them to translate and port them on over. Yeah. I imagine that's a game that will not be day and date over here, which is weird because oh, no. a lot of those Japanese games now you are getting over here because they're so big. And Ease is one of those things that's been around for decades. Like, why why isn't it? I mean, it's just the, the sales numbers don't dictate that they can take that risk, I guess, right off the bat. They want to see how it does first before they commit to those resources. Yeah, or they know how well it will sell in the West, and they they know, okay, so that means that we can afford to spend this much on localization, and they know which publisher they're going to go through. It's going to be like NIS or uh, Xseed, one of those. Those are two like the biggest ones that bring over those like niche Japanese RPGs that aren't like, you know, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, you know? Right. But yeah, that's it for my like actual games that I th- I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy that's coming out this year. I've got some honorable mentions like Control. That's the next Remedy game uh, that looked really kind of surreal and kooky. That was shown at E3 last year. Kooky. I would be interested in like how that reviews. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. I didn't play the first one, but people really like the first one. And the more that they kind of talk about Builders 2, the more people that were stoked on Builders 1 are like hyping this game up. Being like, yo, you missed out on the last one. You need to pick up this one. So I'm kind of like on the fence on that. People talk so fondly of that game and a lot of the journalists and the the pundits and the personalities that I listen to and follow, they, they just like you said, you don't miss out on this game. It came on the Switch. Like, don't miss out on this game again. And I just was like, eh, it's kind of like a, it's like a Minecraft-y thing. Like, this just isn't for me. But the more I, I heard about it, it's, it's like it's an RPG with like these builder elements and it's like, it's, they're like, it's unlike anything you've probably played. If you've never played a Dragon Quest game, it doesn't matter. And so I always thought that seems like something that I could probably get into the loop of, right? Yeah, it seems like a, a casual kind of bite, bite-sized bite RPG light. Yeah. Which I think that's that would be a nice kind of change of pace, depending on like when it comes out and like what I'm playing around it. Obviously, that's always like in consideration, but I'm, I'm interested. I want to I wanna see more of it. I want to actually try it out. It's, it's funny because I look at some of the games I'm into and it's like, resource management and city building yeah that should be like a no-brainer for you especially seriously it's like between civilization and the way i play like animal crossing stardew and the thing yeah stardew the things i do in in games like skyrim or other rpgs like that it's like why wouldn't i like dragon quest builders so yeah the second one is as good as the first like that's something I'll, i'll be looking at this year for sure uh, next up on my honorable mentions is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. I played that game for all of about one hour back on the GameCube, and I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. I know people love it for some reason. I don't know why. It's never been properly like explained to me what's so great about it. Just that it's like, oh, it's uh, Final Fantasy, but it's multiplayer. And it's like an action RPG. Someone has to carry the bucket, and there's a, a lantern. You got to fight inside the lantern's radius. And you fight some monsters. But I don't know if it's actually any good. I want to I want to wait until people are actually actually revisiting it in the current year before I pass any judgment or let myself be like, "Oh, I want that." Sure. Uh no part of me is interested in any of the Final Fantasy ports on Switch. That's fair. I mean, they've also been available on Steam for the past like three years. So if you would have had any interest in getting them, you would have gotten them there. I actually I think I did buy Final Fantasy seven and played it for about, I don't know, 10 minutes and said, fuck this. Yeah. Final Fantasy nine is a good game. I already have it on Steam. I don't want to rebuy it. Those are games that I like, but don't love. They're not good enough for me to want to rebuy on, sure. a, on Switch. Next up for me, I figured this would be like a shoe in for you is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I did play Ori and the Blind Forest on the old Xbox back when I was still compulsively getting exclusives on yeah, all Yeah, you played of, that for what, four hours? I played it for a couple hours. It was one of those games where like the aesthetic and the music really captured me. 
but I just was burnt out on Metroidvania games. I had already done the Metroidvania thing that year, and Metroidvanias are a game. It's just that's a genre that I, I I play one game every two or three years. It's not that's totally fair. Something I can do a lot of, and so and and you know what, Dead Cells really scratched that itch. Where I was like, it's enough of a Metroidvania, but it's in a very bite sized format and so it's like I kind of it scratched the itch without having to like dedicate myself to a true Metroidvania it's got the backtracking the exploration and the progression loop yeah and it's interesting how Dead Cells was like things are generally in the same area or in the same not the same area so you're like memorizing roots but the same patterns so you're still having to explore but now you know what you're looking for so it's sort of a an interesting twist on the Metroidvania format yeah similar to Rogue Legacy with the biomes where you know Oh, if you go to the far right, that's going to be the forest. If you go up, you're in the attic. If you go down, you're in the weird dungeons. Right. So it's in the spirit of a Metroidvania without actually doing exactly what a Metroidvania does. And that I appreciated quite a bit. But you have more? That look you gave me. One more. One more. On the tentative honorable mentions. Okay. And that is Star Wars Jedi fallen order you know i fucking saw this and i tried to find out more about it but all the links just redirect to respawn there's like no information about this game whatsoever there's no information on this game whatsoever i didn't even know it had a title yeah it got a title at e3 last year dude see we're talking about it two episodes ago didn't know it had a name i know we were talking about respawn star wars game and i was like ea is probably gonna fuck it up but i love titanfall 2 so what's gonna happen Right. And that's why yeah. it's on my honorable mentions. Right. Right. Respawn is a very capable developer. So let's see what they can do with a. I think it's supposed to be like a third person action game. Bro, if they could do. What? Set between episodes three and four. Oh. Or no. Is it. Three, it's either between three and four or between six and seven. That's probably more likely. Si- yeah. Probably between six and seven. Yeah. If they could do what they did for Titanfall 2 story and they did it with Star Wars. That's my game of the year. Titanfall 2 story is so underrated, man. God, that game was was brilliant. They, they had these time travel mechanics and this like interdimensional teleportation thing. And the mech combat was unreal. The gunplay was sublime. The setting, the graphics were gorgeous. Um, the the character of the, your mech, the, the, the mech had so much character. You cared so much about that robot. It was a gritty reboot of Chappie. Chappie was the gritty reboot of Chappie. <laughs> but but no, it was great, man. And, but it sold terribly. Nobody wanted to play it after. It was it was in this like, sh- there was a stream of like sequelitis where the sequels were so much better than their, their counterparts. Battlefield 4 or Battlefield, was that Battlefield 1 or no? It was between Battlefield and Call of Duty. It was one week yeah. after Battlefield, one week before Call of Duty. Yeah, that was bad. But there was a string of sequels. It was it was like Battlefield and it was Titanfall and it was it was um Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed and all these sequels that were objectively better than I think their Mafia was a, was around that time too. Mafia, Mafia 3? Mm, a lot of games. A lot of games. Yeah. But yeah, man, I I like I said game of the year if they could do what they did with Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2 is a game that I see on my shelf every time I sit down on my PlayStation and I say, I'm going to replay that game. Maybe I'll start that game. Nah, not today. Maybe next time. Because I had such a good goddamn time with it. And I'm not a shooter bro. I'm not into mech games, but that game just did it all. It did it, it did it really well. And the people who did play it are in agreement, but nobody nobody touched it. I think that game probably sold decently, but not to the, the heights that they wanted. And it was also right before, it was kind of a weird thing. EA put that game out Right after Battlefield Five, yeah, or Battlefield One, and right before Call of Duty uh, Infinite Warfare, and I was like, "Bad news." They didn't, they 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 set it out to die, and then they bought Respawn like three or four months later, and like everyone's thinking, "Did you devalue that that brand and that uh, studio because you wanted to buy them?" Right. And they only bought them is because they Nexus tried to buy them, and they're like, "Nah, dude, we're not letting you buy this." Or it was Nexon, excuse me. So. Weird stuff. Conspiracy theories. But I mean, Respawn, to be fair, they were the ones that, like, they were the people that left Activision and they, they, those, well, they were Infinity Ward people that they left that studio and they sued that studio for, like, 
there was a big it was a big kerfuffle back in like 2012 huh. when that studio started. You have to check it out sometime. Do some research. I'll uh, I'll hit up the Wikipedia. That's 2019, man. That's 2019. That's what we got. We got a Bruin. If you have any games that you're interested in in the year 2019 that we didn't talk about, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at consolecrusade.com or just send us a tweet. I'm at Preshtal Death. My boy EJ's at EJiggle. You can Let's send us a tweet to our real, our real Twitter baby! at console underscore crusade. Underscore crusade. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit us up on Crush Facebook. Like we got a button. group. Smash it, trash it, put it into the grave. Throw it on the ground. <laughs> I hate trying to talk while you're doing your weird yell. I know. You caveman. It, it fucks you up every time. It's so great. I want you to just power through, mute your headphones, and keep saying what you're saying while I just go off over here. It's even worse listening back on the actual recording. It's like, God, who edits this trash? <laughs> great. I love it, dude. I love it. That's, that's my favorite bit. I just started fucking going Super Saiyan. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, split. Oh!